podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite Wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Boys are back, and before we get into our show, we have to talk to you real quick about the two-time winner of the CNET Editor's Choice Award for Best Home Security, and that is Simply Safe. Folks, there is one group of people who will not be practicing social distancing, and that is house robbers. So if you want to keep your house safe, you have to go to simplysafe.com slash team. They are going to blanket your home in security. You have comprehensive uh, protection for your home, outdoor cameras, doorbells, alerts, anything you could want. They have entry motion, glass breaking sensors, all of it. And guess what? You're doing it by yourself. Anyone can do it. It's going to take you 30 minutes or an hour tops. And there's absolutely no trade-offs to safety. You will have an army, a full army of highly trained security experts ready to dispatch whoever they need to, to keep you safe, 24-7-365, so 50 cents a day, no contract. That is why The Verge calls Simply Safe the best home security system in the world. Remember, if you go to simplysafe.com slash team, you get free shipping and 60 days risk-free. You have nothing to lose. Now go protect your house. Grant, I assume if you had a house, you'd protect it with Simply Safe. Damn right I would. Well, I mean, nothing, nothing to add there. You read the whole I thing. I know, so I did. Let's jump into crazy, probably the craziest week in the history of sports. Um, first, we're going to talk about uh, Kisei Lang subsequently ended up being the final game. Then we're going to talk a little COVID-19 because the corona uh, has greatly, uh, you know, impacted sports, greatly impacted K-State. Um, we're going to, for the most part, keep it uh, centered around how it affects K-State college sports. Moving forward, um, I might give you a platform at the end because this is that in your profession. You, you've uh, been doing your bad day people on Twitter, so we might hit that a little bit at the end, but we're going to try to keep uh, as much hate stuff going. And then before we jump into it, I will say, hey, uh, you know, while there aren't going to be any games playing, that's, it's an effect our show. We're going to keep coming to you guys once we through the entire offseason. Uh, the only difference is, is it might be a higher percentage of Skype shows than we usually have. But, hey, uh, we're going to keep giving you guys uh, a show once again. Since we're in the offseason, if there's anything specific you want us to dive into, be sure to reach out, tweet at us, let us know what you might want to hear from us because, you know, we're uh, a little less than six months away from the next time K-State will play a football or basketball game, uh, and at least hopefully. So we're going to get into it. K-State beats TCU in a close game. I was in attendance. Uh, Grant Ends up being the final game for Xavier Sneed and McCall Mayween. Both of them played pretty well. Um, overall, what were your takeaways from the game? The defense had one of those typical Bruce Weber elite outings, holding TCU to only 49 points. And deep into the tough kept them under double di- digits. Um, did you watch the game, and how fun was it to see that defense on full blast? I kind of loosely watched the game, I'm, if I'm being completely honest with you. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, statistically, not an elite performance from X and Mac, uh, but really happy for them to end their careers on a win, two wins actually, but 
Um, I was I was certainly afraid that it was going to end the way so many of the other losses have ended this uh, season, kind of capitulation towards the end, a 15-minute scoring drought in this one. Um, but we started off hot, and we were able to kind of battle back and come out on top. And, you know, I think that – I don't think there's an argument against us getting being crowned the trophy at, trophy at this point. But um, just kind of wraps up a tough season, but happy for happy for the boys to go out on, on two dubs. Yeah, and an ultimate reality, could you have seen this game <laughs> being kind of – what the entire season went for. You have the 15-minute scoring drought. You have, uh, you know, a above-average to elite defense, but then you just hit a couple shots, whether it be Mac, Mike, Cardi X, just getting a shot here or there right when you need it and coming up with a win. Because that's what how I found myself walking out of the Sprint Center thinking, uh, well, damn, um, they had it in them. Maybe things could have been a lot different. Same way. Feel the same way. I mean, certainly it feels more wins than them, um, or at least should have been a bubble team in hindsight. But um, we did enough. We just did enough to win. I think, I don't know. I mean, when we look back on this season, who the hell knows what the actual problems were. But I think it's just, we talked about it earlier this year. It's just how easy it is to create a culture of losing when things start going wrong and it's hard to get out of that tailspin. And I think that's just kind of what happened this year. But um, again, happy for the boys to end on a couple of wins. Yeah. It almost makes me think that if you play Iowa state, uh, you know, the garbage men that they are at home a little bit earlier, get a win, a blowout win, get some belief. I mean, who knows what might end up happening, but uh, it's, it's not, you know, here nor there. We might talk some what ifs and the, basketball season review pod that I think will be the next one coming up. I'm still working on the schedule for that. So um, I'm going to run through the scoring real quick. And if you, if you want to just give me a hit on any of these players, you can, if you, if you don't want to, that's fine. Cardi ended up having 13, um, especially with bitch boy, Riley Gates sitting courtside. Um, I, I was really wishing Cardi would throw down a uh, windmill and then give him a double bird as he was going back up the sideline. But uh, Cardi, if that was it, 13 points, uh, how great was it to see him just also just having fun again? Because you could see that, you know, contagious smile, the energy that he brings. And it was so good to see that possibly for the last time in a K-State uniform. Yeah, I think we play stuff like that, too, how important it is to enjoy, you know, enjoy playing the game and just be able to go out and play and, and have fun. Stop taking everything so seriously. Obviously it's serious. These guys are on scholarship and there's a lot of money to be made in this industry. But when we get to the point where it's a job, it's sucks the life out of the game. And these are kids. They need to be having fun. So Cardi, Cardi's my boy. I'm glad if that was the last time we see him play in purple, um, happy for him to go out on a win. Um, Stockard six, um, Dejuan three, I don't know. Yeah, I thought complete enough performance, but mostly I feel like defensively we looked at our back to our best. So that's that's what makes this team thrive. That's what makes this program thrive. So hopefully going forward we can get the clamps back. Yeah, I, I thought especially with soccer, his six points. Uh, something that's underrated about him is if he gets the ball down on that in that low paint, he 
finds a way to get it up on the glass and get it to drop down. I think it's almost the opposite of McCall Maywean. I think Mac <laughs> has like the skill to step out, do the hooks, uh, do this, uh, you know, auxiliary stuff you want to see from a big man, but sometimes struggles right there at the rim. Mac was the complete opposite. He gets it down there uh, and he just, he just finds a way to get it in. And then Dejuan, his three forced uh, Jamie Dixon to call a timeout early. Again, he hardly shoots. I, I, if you start looking to the future, you got to hope that Dejuan Gordon's, you know, uh, efficiency can be, can stay the same when he ramps up the times he shoots. Um, it was just, you know, the typical Dejuan Gordon game where he gives it his all. And then when he has the open shot, he hit one of them. Um, Mac, his six points uh, and a, his swan song, including a dunk and a nice uh, block, um, much better than his senior night. Um, were you happy to see Mac get on the scoreboard and be able to play, you know, a real load of minutes in what his final game was compared <laughs> yeah. to what his senior night was? <clears throat> That's probably the most surprising element of this game is how many minutes Mac actually played, not the not the fact that we won the game and survived a tough stretch. Um, but yeah, super happy for Mac um, to get a good send off, and I will remember Mac fondly. Um, I I probably will just seasons like this they kind of just go to the back burner of your brain, and I will certainly remember Mac for the good times and. I think we'll miss him more than people think. I agree. Um, we already kind of touched on X. His eight points for Swung Song. Uh, missed eight shots. Wasn't his best night, but he got to go out with a win. Um, you know, I, I, I think Xavier Sneed, again, will be one of those guys who uh, is remembered as, uh, you know, one of the best role players of all time. And when you flip through the record books of scoring three-pointer steals, assists, all this type of stuff, his name's going to be there. And I think it uh, rightfully should be in that, you know, top 50 K-State players of all time conversation. Um, I might even say top 30. I mean, he's number 11 in scoring. He's one of the best defenders we've seen in the program. Um, I think he's one of the better players that's ever come through K-State. And he's what a like a absolute role model he has been to zero off court issues. Um, He's had an excellent career. He's basically the model student athlete, and I will I will miss him. I will miss him just like that little girl did. I've been crying every day wearing his jersey. Yeah, I agree. We'll miss him. I think uh, where he gets dinged a little bit, and why I might have him in the top, you know, thirty-five to fifty range versus a top twenty-five is uh, he just couldn't find a way to be the number one guy on a team uh, on a successful team, I should say. Um, but again, that might be holding a little bit more against him. But uh, we might we, we'll talk a little bit more Sneed and Mac in the season review episode. Um, I want to wrap up with uh, nine points for David Sloan, eight for Mike McGurl. Again, I, I've been trying to uh, reach and pull for some things that might lead me to believe that this team could be, uh, you know, a contender for postseason play next year. And games like that from Sloan and McGurl makes me think that, hey, uh, they have a little bit of spice to their game. They have the ability to combine to almost get you 20, 25 points maybe uh, when you don't have uh, some of those extra shots going around. Um, 
I've asked this question a couple times, but after seeing those two combine for that type of a game, um, how big will their offseason development be? And, uh, you know, do they have the chance to be the two league guards next year? Huge. Um, you know, we've obviously got a great class coming in, but you never know how how recruits are going to pan out. And there's obviously going to be a, a big learning curve, even this, if those guys come coming in are as talented as we hope that they are, you know, the difference in um, competition level is just stark. So there's going to be a period of time where they have to adjust to the speed of play. So those guys are going to have to step up and they're going to have to be leaders. And um, I hope that they can. They've, I think they've shown flashes this year that they have the ability to be, you know, big 12, big 12 players, regular big 12 players and, you know, but they they have a lot of work to do, no doubt about it. I think it. David Sloan and Dejuan Gordon both being able to have a full season where they're not rehabbing any injuries. Uh, Sloan isn't going off for a couple months to do Team USA stuff. I think them being able to hopefully go through a full off season, relatively healthy training program, strength and conditioning, and just being in the gym also will think, be huge. I also think it'll be very beneficial to not have Bruce off um, coaching USA. Um, I know that we have competent guys back, you know, running things when he was off like that, but I don't think we should downplay that that probably had an effect going into this year in terms of our preparation. Yeah. That's actually something that I have not thought about for months, but that's a very good point. I have no idea how much of an impact that made, but you're right. The head guy not being around, no matter what is going to have some sort of uh, effect on the team. So that's a really good shout. Um, So, you know, we end the game on a two game winning streak. Again, when you look at it, 11 and 21, uh, it's kind of a gross final record, but um, I'll I'll jump ahead and, and I'll ask you this. It had potential to be 20 and 21 though. Yeah, that's that's true. We had nine games that we were robbed of. I, I, I agree with you. So, Here's my question for you. God, you know it's insane how fucking funny that would be if <laughs> somehow in a, some insane universe where, you know, we run off 10 straight games and we end the season national championships and still have a losing. Oh, that record. would have been hilarious. 20 and 21. Good that would have Lord. been hilarious. So he, here's a question for you. And I, I was going to try to keep most of the coronavirus stuff contained to its own spot. So, but uh, I, I want to ask this. So it's 11 and 21. Uh, it just came out that the NCAA is not, they were flirting with the idea of releasing the 6018 bracket, uh, but they're not going to re- release that. So officially uh, when it comes to uh, record books, when it comes to, uh, you know, hot bonus structures, all this type of stuff, there is no tournament. There are no tournament births. None of that. Does this horrible season sting a little less knowing that K-State technically did not miss out on postseason play or the NCAA tournament? That's just not happening. Uh, they So if, if you want to talk about, you know, tournament streaks and all that type of stuff, if you want to get technical, <laughs> K-State still has a tournament appearance streak alive. Uh, they didn't miss the tournament this year. They didn't miss postseason play this year. Does any of that make this season sting a little less? Because for me, I'm not going to lie to you. It does. Knowing that, hey, no one gets to play in the tournament. No one gets to play in postseason. 
uh, technically, if you go to all the record books and streaks and all that type of stuff, they can't they, they can't mean, yeah. t- take K State off there. Now we're tied, I think, with Oklahoma, or Texas Tech. I don't I don't know what who we're tied with, but with uh, second most consecutive NCAA uh, uh, tournament appearances active in the Big Twelve now. So, uh, sorry, I mean Bruce haters, he didn't he didn't yeah, miss the I mean, tournament. In my eyes, the basically the season is void um you know so that's the reality there is no tournament there is no champion there there are no births so you're right um it doesn't make i I don't know i mean it just kind of makes the season a wash in my eyes um you know the season sucked but now it's just like who cares no one got to end it so what the fuck does it matter in a weird stupid way like it really does make me care less and yeah, right. again, it, it is stupid, and uh, I know the folks who were really raging hard about this season would are going to laugh at us and call us stupid, whatever. But I mean, if if there's nothing like if the ultimate ending of this season didn't happen, I mean, who fucking cares if you went eleven twenty one versus you know twenty four and eight? It doesn't matter. Exactly. So doesn't matter. Um, here's something that does matter. And I'm not even saying this jokingly. It, is K-State actually the Big 12 tournament champions this year? Yeah, I, I see. I see no I mean, reason why we shouldn't hang the banner and be awarded the trophy. And, I, and I'm not kidding. There's no part of me that is kidding. I want to go to Bob Bowlesby's office, knock on the door, and say, Hey, where's K-State's trophy, bastard? Because I think mean, yeah, I, I, I think I think we deserve it. I do too. We're the last team to win in that arena, and that usually that means and, you're a champ. You know, yeah. Well, and here's right? the thing: I could listen to an argument, margin of victory, exactly. For the teams that are played. Exactly. There is no there's no world in which I do not forever recognize K State as the 2020 Big 12 tournament champions. Um, if coronavirus wasn't going to kill like half the population i'd i'd be telling will to make a t-shirt and print it up i mean who knows pay attention to the swag shop if we get through this and it doesn't end the world and it's not in bad taste there might be a big 12 tournament t-shirt like in august after we know everything's okay uh but but i i legitimately for the rest of my life will claim this so i urge all the boneheads to do the same uh, so we'll we'll move on to the next topic when it comes to basketball. Both Nigel Shad and James Love have officially uh, put in their paperwork. They are transferring away. Um, this is not surprising at all to me. If you were to tell me, uh, hey, two people are going to transfer away, uh, those are the exact two names I would have chose. Are you surprised in the least bit? No, not at all. I mean – We've been. I feel like we've been waiting for this for two seasons, probably. Um, it's disappointing. Let's talk about. Yeah. Next question: Are we surprised if, or disappointed that Shad and I'll just group Love in there too? That they kind of never caught on. Of course. I mean, two near seven footers um, on scholarship for how long? Three years, and they got you know less minutes than you know McAtee, the team doctor's son. That's unacceptable it sucks that they never really developed but they it can't be ignored that they both basically had injury ridden time here at k-state and that obviously affects how players develop it affects you know 
their ceiling. So, but it is it is disappointing. Yeah. So I think I'm more disappointed and surprised than Shad. Um, I don't know why it is, yeah. but I never really, I never really anticipated or guessed Love was going to be uh, someone who contributed. Uh, but part of me always thought, okay, you know, Shad could stay healthy for an off season, learn, learn, uh, you know, the defense because you could see it in bursts that his athleticism's there, and when he was on the court, he rebounded like a madman. So uh, I'm, yeah, I'm disappointed and sad about Shad never working out. I I have a feeling he's the type of guy who could be all conference at like a level of like the SWAC or the Horizon League. Like if he went to UMKC, I think he would, you know, be a beast at that level because of his size and athleticism. I just don't think he had the pure skill that is needed uh, at the power five level. Uh, James Love, I'd be surprised if he ever played a game again. Uh, the poor guy has just been riddled with different injuries, broken feet, just everything. And uh, my heart goes out to him because, I mean, could you imagine uh, being talented enough to earn a full scholarship at the Division One level, regardless of uh, Power 5 or right. anything, but then have almost your entire college career robbed by injuries because – I just I just have a hard time seeing him ever being healthy enough to play, and that just just breaks your heart uh, for a guy that basketball has probably been you know his biggest passion in life. And I just hope that uh, that he can get healthy and land at a spot where he could maybe get a season or two uh, and play you know to his ability. So um, I'm really I'm really wanting that for both those guys. I don't have any animosity towards those two guys. No, I don't either. Um, and if James obviously can have another go at a different level and just manage to stay healthy, obviously we hope that we hope that he can get at least one season under his belt. But if we can look at the bright side, at least he's been able to get an education without the burden of, uh, you know, debt that most other people have to live with. So he did get a good education. Um, but yeah, it sucks. That would be terrible. I would be very depressed if I was him. Yeah, so hopefully. Even missing any games through injury is, like, terrible. It sucks. You go crazy. Can't imagine basically missing three seasons. Yeah, it, it, is, <laughs> it is not great, but uh, we will we'll keep an eye to see where those guys land. I, I hope they both find a home and uh, uh, can, can get some ball uh, in the remaining years of their career. So um, now we have 12 scholarships filled. Bruce officially has one open. Uh, you know, he never stopped recruiting for this class. So I think he always anticipated at least, excuse me, one opening. And now if anyone else transfers out or leaves or tries to go pro early, that will add two scholarships to play with. So, um, A, do you think we will see more? B, are there any of the guys K-State's been connected to you want the most? And C, do you think that Bruce should be exclusively focused on guys who are going to be around for more than just one year? Or would you like to see him try to play in the grad transfer market despite not having a lot of success getting those guys in the past? Yeah, we really kind of airball every grad transfer that we've gone after. Um, I think, I mean, Donovan Williams is really – it's a priority for me. Um, I would prefer us to basic as possible energy into that as possible. Um, I really do believe that 
it's us and another school. Um, since concerning, he hasn't actually officially had or been invited to KU for a visit in who else? Texas, Texas Oklahoma State, and then Oregon has not yet offered, but he's done some visits there. Or yeah, not been officially offered. Um, I mean, this guy is a wing, high-scoring type of player that you know, would be a great addition to the class, and he's you know would come in and be a four-year player. I'm not saying that he couldn't go pro or anything, but he would be a freshman, and I I would just prefer that. I feel like the grad transfer route is always so hit or miss, and um, we've done nothing but miss on that route. So that's what that's where I'm thinking. Um, what about yeah, you? Yeah, I agree. I think Donovan Williams needs to be number one. I think if you're only gonna have one scholarship opening you have to go after the guy who is going to get you the most buckets of the guys we're being connected to I think Donovan Williams is the smartest one um the name is uh not I can't find the name off the top of my head right now but we recently offered another you know small forward wing uh who has uh you know an offer from Oklahoma and Georgetown He's from the Chicago area. Uh, here he is, Syrie Lewis. So he he's a guy who we're now being connected to. Doesn't have the pedigree Williams does. So obviously that's who I'd prefer to go after. Uh, there's some big men that folks are trying to say we should go after. Lingard, that four-star JUCO big, uh, he might be okay to bring in. But I would I would rather roll the dice with you know Stockard, uh, Casey Isiago. Uh, Davion Bradford, Montavious Murphy playing big uh, and going after another wing who can score than any of those options. But, uh, you know, if two open up, then I think you got to take a score and a big as well. But that's where my heart's at. And I, I'm finding myself cautiously optimistic we can get Williams, but we'll see. We'll see on that one. Um, we'll move on to uh, COVID-19, coronavirus, all that type of stuff. Because it truly was a uh, crazy, you know, few days in the sports world. And we'll try to keep it relatively sports. You can give a PSA at the end. Um, so what was it like? I'm going to be honest. Before we do any sports talk, I'm going to commandeer the show. You go for, for it. You, you do that. Um, this might be a little long-winded, so bear with me, You're this, fine. Scotty. I just I – just... uh, if you follow me on Twitter, I'm sure you've gotten a dose of this, but oddly, uh, lots of people that listen to the show still don't have Twitter, which confuses and amazes me. Um, I don't know where the hell our listens come from sometimes, but um, so I need to rant for a few minutes to really make myself clear on what is happening, and uh, this won't be political or anything. It's not a place or time to blame anybody. Um, in, in time, we will be able to reflect on the situation and I'm sure people will face their reckoning for mistakes that have been made in the process. But let's talk about now. Um, if canceling basically all sports worldwide in the span of 24 hours didn't didn't do it for you, I hope that this rant does. So um, this is not an overreaction. Uh, we are fortunate enough to, you know, look back. If we are fortunate enough to look back on this time and say that it was an overreaction, then that just means that the measures that we are taking and are going to take were successful. Sadly, I don't believe that to be the case. Um, I think it's time for everyone to take this as seriously as possible. Um, we're in the midst of a global pandemic. 
Uh, it's the beginning phases here in the United States. Uh, it's a matter of days before we see, you know, huge surges in cases across the country. And make no mistake about it, um, this virus is deadlier than the flu. Um, with the data that we have now, it's about as much as 35 times deadlier than the flu. Uh, we have no vaccine, no medication to uh, combat it other than, you know, stuff like supportive care, like fluids and oxygen and uh, respirators, stuff like that. Um, that number, 35 times deadlier, that number is probably going to be lower when it's all said and done. Uh, many cases will probably go undiagnosed and untested, but it is predicted by experts to be about 10 times deadlier than the flu. So let's put that into numbers quick. The flu kills about 0.01%, which is one in a thousand people. And this would be 10 times deadlier. So that's one in a hundred, one percent. Right now with recorded cases, uh, we have it killing between three and four people out of a hundred. You know, that's our baseline. That's what we know. Um, now at the moment, I mean, it, of course it looks mild here um, at the moment, but anyone who has been paying attention and living on Earth in the last few weeks can see what is happening across the globe, especially right now in Europe, to you know developed countries, some of our closest and oldest allies, um, France, for, for instance, Italy. They are experiencing what we soon will experience, um, basically nationwide lockdown and self-quarantine, some mandatory quarantines probably, uh, basically closing all non-essential businesses indefinitely, uh, huge surge in cases, uh, case rates that will continue to climb. Their health systems are completely failing due to the influx of thousands of patients at once. And if you're, if you're not sure what it looks like when a healthcare system is overwhelmed, like times like this, what's happening in Italy, what's happening in France, it means war zone triage in many places. I mean, that's literally deciding who is worth saving and who is not, who to give oxygen to and who to not give oxygen to. It means there are no hospital beds for people that seriously need it. It means uh, exhausted and exposed healthcare workers, lack of proper resources, lack of protective equipment. You know, in Seattle right now, some hospitals are so overwhelmed that they're down to just four day supplies of gloves. Uh, some nurses are being forced to share equipment like masks, and they know the risk of that, obviously, but they don't have the option. Um, they have to do it. It means normal illnesses and emergencies and accidents and you know scheduled procedures, they take the back burner. They don't get any focus because all the focus is funneled into fighting and stopping this one virus. It affects us all. Um, you know This is happening in real time across the world, and it is inevitable for us. I say again, it is 100% inevitable that what you know Europe is experiencing right now, what China experienced, we are going to experience it. The virus is already here. It's already spreading. So it needs to be accepted. So what can we do? Um, you know, we can do a few things to help. Many of us are arguing these things, obviously. Um, for those of us in that category, it's your job to educate those people that are not taking this seriously right now. Um, our job as a community is to work together to minimize and flatten the curve of the case rates. Now, what does that mean um, in terms of what does the curve mean? In layman's terms, pictures, picture the virus as like a roller coaster, okay? Picture it like the Mamba. We're all on a roller coaster right now. We're being carried up that hill to that first drop. You know, picture yourself on the Mamba right now, climbing up 205 feet high. You're super excited. You're about to, 
you know, you know what I mean. Um, our job as a community is to basically get to the top. Let's get to the top of the hill and begin the process of going down that first drop to flatten the curve. That minimizes our peak. Um, the way to do that, obviously, as people are hopefully doing, is to collectively, you know, distance ourselves, sacrifice things that we all want to be doing. That means no bars, no restaurants, no breweries, no large social gatherings, uh, only going out for things that you truly need, limiting visits with people that are at risk. That's people over 60. That's people with, you know, suppressed immune systems, uh, people that are under 60 that are smokers. Um, we need to limit our contact with those people. It means washing your hands a shit ton with soap and water, hot water, um, using hand sanitizer, uh, you know, coughing into your elbow, being aware of your own health and your own symptoms. You know, together we can all flatten that curve if we abide by, you know, these rules, these distancing rules. It's incredibly important and it truly will save lives. Um, you know, going out right now and ignoring it is selfish and it will lead to more suffering of your fellow citizens. So before you decide, you know, to go to that packed bar and to go to that party, keep in mind that one, you could already have the virus and not know it. And two, you can interact with somebody with the virus that's not showing symptoms at all. And you could get it and just continue to spread. So uh, some British guy on a, a clip I saw the other day, some old doctor was saying, you know, we need to change our mentality and assume when you were going out that we all have the virus already assume that you have the virus and stay away from other people. Don't go out and say, I'm going to try not to get it. Assume that you have it and that you don't want to affect other people. So, um, it could be the difference between life or death. And that's not a joke. It's not me overblowing this shit. It's completely serious. And it, it could be the difference between a completely overwhelmed hospital. Um, I mean, and I promise I'm wrapping up here. Uh, I mean, we have a unique opportunity here to legitimately come together for once <laughs> on something that we are able to see in real time, you know, what it is doing. We have the luxury of looking back just two weeks ago in Italy, a country that is making the exact same or that made the exact same mistakes that we're making now. Um, they are suffering badly and we need to listen to their advice right now because we're all human beings and, we're not at all different. It's here. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. If you want to get back out to the bars and you want the sports to come back and you want to get back to normalcy, then we all need to bite the bullet and listen and stay home. Because the longer we ignore it, the worse we're making it for ourselves and the longer we're going to allow it to last. I mean, I can't for the life of me figure out why people aren't listening. Well, I'm part of the problem. I went to the Big 12 it's, it's tournament tough. on that uh, final day. so That's okay, but that's that was early. I mean, I... Put it this way. Put it this way. Um, let's pretend what well, experts are predicting upward of one million Americans will, could could die from this um, due to one virus. You know, why is that hard for people to rally around? I, I don't know. But shit, imagine it's a, a bomb. Imagine that's a bomb going off in the United States and killing one million people. I think people would take it seriously then. Hell, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but take the Tim Fitzgerald approach. <laughs> I thought I would never, ever say that, but let's pretend, let's just pretend for a second that this is a biological warfare virus created in a lab. Again, it's not 100%. It's not. I'd like to reiterate, Tim Fitzgerald is an idiot, and it is not. That is not the case. But let's just say that, you know, a dirty bomb went off here, and it's was spreading, you know, a deadly biological warfare virus, 
and we didn't act now, it could spread and kill a million Americans. You know, I think it would, we would take it more seriously then. Um, that's what we are facing. That is literally what we are facing. It just happens to be, you know, Mother Nature <laughs> that made the bomb. So that's my rant. Um, it needs to be fucking taken seriously. You're saving lives by staying home. Um, people, people will start to see it, unfortunately, soon. So we will have our wake-up call no matter what. So now let's talk about how it's affected. Yeah, so yeah, so we'll get into it. Um, almost everything except for Liga MX uh, has been it won the Russian Premier League soccer. So whatever, but almost everything got canceled, postponed. Um, first, it started off as events with no fans. Then I think when it came out that uh, multiple players in the NBA tested positive for it, there's mass cancellations. Uh, A, were you surprised uh, how fast cancellations, postponements came? Uh, B, were you expecting them to go a little bit longer trying to do the events with no fans? And uh, C, uh, you know, do you think it was the right call instead of trying to do a postpone in C, uh, as I think a lot of fans were hoping they would? I wasn't surprised. Um it was a little jarring to see it all kind of happening at once, but you know, I wasn't surprised because I've been following this pretty damn closely for at least four weeks, and you know, I it was just a matter of time before it got here. So uh, once uh, <laughs> once I it came out that you know uh, who Go was Bogair yeah. or whatever. Gobert, Gobert, not Boger. Gobert uh, was tested positive, and I, I was literally watching that game, and I saw it get postponed. I saw the doctors literally sprint out on the fucking court from the locker room and deliver the news. And yeah, it's it was it was a little jarring, but not surprising. It, it's completely necessary steps to be taken. Um, but yeah, it's crazy how it all unfolded so quickly, uh, and it's just gonna it's just gonna keep going until. Until we can kind of all get on the same page. I won't lie to you. I'm a little surprised everything went so quickly from no fans to straight up postponement or cancellation because uh, there is so much that is on the line from a fiscal perspective, from mm-hmm. a uh, yeah, from all these different stakeholders. And I think it really did come down to the NBA was the first ones to say, "Hey, we're doing a full blown." postponement and of course due to that and i think it was the right call but uh even as i sit here right now i'm still surprised that uh it got to the point where literally they didn't even get to the point where they were going to do games with no fans it happened so fast and that's what was surprising to me well i think yeah they had to postpone essentially because Livelihood oh, of the yeah. league, the fucking players were the players themselves were were beginning to test positive. So obviously, you know, that just immediately puts a hold on on things. You know, you have players testing positive; they're going to have to be in isolation for at least two weeks to recover from this. And I'm not an expert on how long people are contagious for. Uh, it could be it could be a long time after afterwards. So I'm not I'm not fully sure about that, but. Once one player tested positive, I knew like they're gonna have to basically cancel the cancel the season to a certain extent. But yeah, I mean, it's just it's it was jarring. It was it's it was strange to see it unfold. Like, yep, like and it then did. 
uh, one more thing on the set on, uh, you know, basketball canceling the tournament. How surreal is it that, you know, w- this is supposed to be selection Sunday next week is supposed to be the least yeah. productive week of work. Cause everyone's watching games. How, how <laughs> weird is it specifically for this time frame that usually has the smorgasbord of all these different sporting events everyone loves. Uh, how surreal is it that, hey, it, it just isn't happening? It's very surreal. I mean, devast- it's devastating, you know, to fans everywhere, players, programs. Um, it's, it's devastating. Um, but it was no doubt the right decision. You know, data suggests that uh, if we didn't make those cancellations, that 100 million Americans would have been affected uh, by the virus. So we've likely saved a lot of lives and a lot of a lot of time honestly uh being proactive and canceling that because it would have been much worse but it does suck it's just so weird it's it honestly feels like we are in in a movie but we need to snap out of that mentality because this is very real and you know we all gotta be bored 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 for a long time (laughs) do you think the ncaa made the correct call basically uh, canceling all of the spring championships, which effectively led most conferences to already cancel uh, all their spring sports seasons even before they got started? Or do you think – That's even weirder. Yeah, because, I, I mean, mean college God. baseball two weeks in, out, outdoor track and field hadn't even started. Uh, lacrosse, softball hasn't started, all this type of stuff. So do you think uh, instead of putting out a postponement and maybe rushing back too quickly – uh, to to compete in those sports, do you think it was the right call just to say, hey, no, sorry, but the seasons are just going to be canceled completely? Or do you think that might have been an opportunity to delay for a month or two and see what happens? I think it was probably the right choice. Um, just considering how little you know we know about the actual virus itself, uh, I think it was probably the right choice. Um, Michael... Osterholm, who is a renowned, you know, infectious disease doctor and epidemiologist, has put it really well. He said that we all need to change our our mentality on how we view the length of this. It's not going to be a blizzard. It's going to be more like winter. Like this is going to last a long time. Um, And there's going to be, you know, once we hopefully sooner rather than later flatten our curve and, you know, minimize the peak of our infections, um, there's still going to be surges, you know, in certain communities. It's going to pop up for a while, and we may not have a vaccine for up to a year. Shit, we may never have a vaccine. It's not guaranteed that we'll have a vaccine, but it's going to last a while. So we all just kind of better accept it and do what we can to minimize it. Because the the more the quicker we get on board, you know, the quicker we can get back to our to our normal lives. And just think about the day that you know sports returns, man. It's going to be like the most beautiful day. And humanity, everyone's going to, the collective joy is going to be great. I agree with that. And then uh, one final thing where it's uh, big picture NCAA, uh, <clears throat> late Friday NCAA came out and said that spring athletes, and just keep in mind basketball is a winter sport, basketball is not included, but spring athletes, every athlete mm-hmm. will be given an extra year of eligibility um, do you think this is the right call? I've been vocal on Twitter. I think this is a horrible mistake, and it's going to cost every single high school athlete who wants to compete at a Division One yeah. level opportunities, coaching, and possibly even scholarships. Um, and this is a decision that will affect you know kids that are 13 right now 
taking away opportunities. Uh, but there are a lot of people who disagree with me saying that, hey, no, it's not fair to take away that season from those athletes. Uh, while we don't talk much about baseball or any or track and field or anything uh, when it comes to the K-State aspect, but from a macro division one uh, you know, decision, this is going to put a burden of millions of extra dollars on athletic departments throughout the country. Some can't afford it. Some this could end their athletic departments if it's not handled correctly by the NCAA. Ultimately, I think this was a PR move that no no big voices are going to fight the NCAA on. They took this as an easy PR win because people only care about the ones who are currently being affected. They're completely ignoring, you know, Jack, who's already throwing an 83-mile-an-hour fastball, who's 13, who now is going to have to, you know, go to a Division II school instead of getting a partial scholarship at a Division I school. Um, because it's easy to uh, ignore the ones who aren't getting the opportunities yet. So I think this is a short-sighted, horrible decision. Um, where do you land on this? Are you somewhere in the middle? Do you think I'm wrong? Where do you land? I agree. I mean, I think it, in the long term, is the wrong decision. Um I understand it's devastating for seniors to have their seasons ended. Um, it's unfair. It sucks. But the reality is, you know, this is something that we're going to have to deal with. And if we do, which sounds like obviously we are going to allow seniors to no, basically no, no, time out. relive Not their. Seniors. If you're a sophomore, you're going into your spring season next year. Yeah. Right. Regardless, it's going to fuck up the entire system, um, and it's going to have long-term residual effects for the younger generations below us. That, you know, it it it, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense in the long term. Um, I think you have to look at those seniors and just say, "I'm sorry." This is the reality. <laughs> I mean, it's a fucking pandemic, dude. We're living in a movie. I'm sorry that your senior season is gone, but you know that is. That is peanuts for what we are facing. It's sports. We need to be able to step back and look at this for what it truly is. And sports do not matter in situations like this. They really don't. And I think that's that's just something that you have to face. Um, it sucks. It's unfair. But no, I don't think that we should be extending entire seasons for for at, for the sake of you know seniors being able to fucking play another year i don't agree yeah, with that well it is what it is that's what happened real quick uh this this part we can bust through pretty quick uh the big 12 has <clears> basically <throat> said uh all member institutions need to shut down uh any travel any recruiting and basically any activity until at least the end of the month uh specifically for k-state uh basketball uh you know we, we already talked about some of the upcoming visits Donovan Williams already had an official setup uh, that he won't be able to take. Uh, as of right now, spring football practice is being delayed. They had some football recruits who are now not going to be able to come in. Um, that's the specific effect on the Big 12 and uh, K-State. Again, getting back into the realm of sports, um, since Donovan Williams has been able to visit a couple times, since he has come to game, since it is relatively close. It's something that uh, he has a familiarity with. You think that gives K-State possibly, uh, you know, a hand up on some of the other schools that are vying for him in the basketball world? And uh, when, it, yeah, I hope and so. then when it comes to spring football, how important do you think it is if this gets uh, under control? 
uh, within reason, uh, reasonably fast, you know, on the optimistic timelines, how important mm-hmm. is it to, uh, to still get that spring practice in? Or would you like to see the NCAA try to come up with an extended fall camp starting a little bit earlier, and just have everyone scrap uh, spring practices altogether and not even worry about that? I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the approach is. It's hard to see that, you know, it's hard to see that far into the future with this um, situation. But, uh, yeah, I think there's no doubt in my mind that uh, college football will probably be affected. NFL definitely will be affected. Um, It's just going to mess up the timeline of pretty much everything. And we're going to have to find a way to adjust to it. I think extending maybe fall camp would, would be something that could work. But, Man, I don't know. I mean, I don't have the answer. Well, you, we're just going to have to wait yes, and see. Yes, we will. So that's all we have for this episode. Uh, everyone stay safe out there. We love you guys. Um, I'm going to put this out there. We'll have it on Twitter. But I believe not our next episode, but the following episode will be our second anniversary Q&A uh, show. Believe it or not, we're uh, you know a couple weeks away from our two-year anniversary doing the show. Who would have thought in that time frame we are going to see K-State go to the Elite Eight? We are going to see Bill Snyder retire slash fired. Uh, we, we see Chris Kleiman hired a Big 12 championship, um, the first ever first to worst in the Big 12 in basketball, a global pandemic that basically shuts down sports and uh, all in a two-year span. So uh, it, honestly, good time to start a K-State sports podcast if I don't say so myself. Yeah, it's it's bizarre, utterly bizarre times, but we shall get through yep, it. Together. So start sending in your anniversary question, hashtag Ask Bosco. I think next week we're going to do a basketball uh, season end pod. Uh, might try to get Matt Hall, might try to get Jimmy on there. Uh, who knows, it might just be us jabronis, uh, but I do know it probably will be via Skype. Um, so everyone stay stay safe out there. Uh, you know, do the self-quarantine, do the social distancing. Um, if you're even feeling a little tickle in your throat, be precautious. Don't put others in danger. Um, I know it's going to suck. Um, and no matter what your opinions on are on this, uh, is it really worth one day of binge drinking around other people uh, if it could save lives? Um, you know, you can I, – I think there's enough evidence out there uh, that's uh, you know you need to take this seriously. I was a skeptic early on, um, but I think all the data is there. You can't you can't objectively look at what's happening in Italy, in France, uh, all over the world, and see how the timelines match up, and think that we're not on the same crash course. So um, you know don't don't uh, don't ignore science. So that's all I got. Grant, uh, if you want any final words, uh, now's the time. Yeah, I think it's important to say this as well. Um, yes, the majority of people in in the way of the flu, if you do want to compare it to the flu, the majority of people will be fine. The majority of people will recover and have mild cases. But right now what we're seeing, um, it's also important to say that mild is anything from, you know, uh, aches and pains and Cold, cold-like symptoms to requiring oxygen. So mild in that, you know, uh, frame of mild, requiring oxygen is something that is considered mild. So, but it is important to say that it it will not kill the majority of people. But we got to be thinking about, you know, the minority that it will kill, and we got to be thinking about 
the integrity of the health systems because even if you don't have the virus and you you know need to go to the hospital obviously <laughs> people get sick all the time for other things that are not coronavirus and it will affect that too so we we got to do everything in our power not to overload our hospitals and our healthcare systems for that reason or they will simply fail and some more tips i would say get yourself a thermometer Take it. Take your temp every day. Uh, monitor your temperature, and this is just good baseline um, advice for uh, healthcare. Get a journal. If you start to feel bad, or if you start to have symptoms of anything, literally any sickness, not even specific to the coronavirus, get a journal and chart it. Um, write down the details of the day that it started. Write down the details of how you're feeling, what's happening, so that when you go. Um, see a doctor and you go talk to a doctor, you have the best objective uh, information to share with them. That's important. Uh, a lot of people, when they go to the doctor and they're sick, they are very, very bad historians. Uh, they can't tell you shit because they, they, you don't think about stuff like that. But it's important to write that stuff down and, and bring the most, uh, the best objective, um, you know, evidence to your healthcare workers so that they can serve you best. Now, with that said. We love you guys. Follow the rules. Enjoy. I say enjoy it. Enjoy the self-quarantine. Binge, binge some great shows. I started Hunters last night. First episode, it was elite. I'm, I'm ready. I'm Hunters ready for the ride. is a great show if you have uh, Amazon Prime, uh, except for like it's pretty dark. It is dark. Man, it is dark. Like, Shit, I, was, I wasn't quite ready for that, but I, I watched one. I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to watch anymore. I'm too emotionally fragile it right now. It is dark. But, uh, it's good though. It, it is good. good. So, but um, with that said, oh, I was just no, gonna say, yeah, we love thing. you guys. We do love you. Meet me at the cat head. There's times when I want something more, someone more like me. There's times when this dress rehearsal seems incomplete, but you see the colors in.
Sports Social Podcast Network.